All right, crew, we're coming in hot on a Monday. Time for the Clover Tack podcast. Hello, um, Lounge, episode uh, 109, I believe, 109, on a February the 8th, 2019. Uh, now, point of order, real quick, I guess, I, you can probably tell I'm extremely nasally and everything. So, fighting a head cold, unfortunately. I'm uh, not going to run any uh, any cams today, but except for potentially the YouTube replay and then, of course, the live chat out there. Uh, not really a, a point in seeing my ugly red-nosed face from all the snot and everything else. Probably have to mute up several times tonight, too. But, um, yeah, going to field your questions, of course, your topics out there. Throw them our way. And, uh, yeah, if you're out there in the chat, make sure that you say, hey, in the live chat. And for those that are listening in replay or watching the replay, remember that on the uh, every Monday at 8 o'clock Eastern here in the lounge, you got the chance to participate live, which is pretty awesome. Buck, I see you jumping in out there. 45 ACP, R4 Mississippi. Uh, we've got uh, Cash EDC. Wes is out there. So, hello, hello, gentlemen. So far, those are all gentlemen. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, top of the hour, Chris Ramos in the house. Calabaris jumping in. Here they go. Got the floodgates open now. Um, yeah, at the top of the hour, uh, probably cut this one a little short. Typically, we, we run about an hour or so here. Ricardo in the house. What's happening, Ricardo? Um, yeah, typically, we run about an hour on this podcast. Talk about your topics. Talk about... Um, you know, answer your questions, things like that. But it doesn't have to be firearm related. We go off on some crazy uh, witch hunts, rabbit holes, and uh, get off into weeds for sure. And then um, at the top of the hour, that would be 9 Eastern time, I guess it would be. Uh, we've got the Patreon launch here, Pop. So invite everybody back over to the channel for that. That's a premiere. There would be a side chat. Uh, I'll be in there uh, talking with uh, the patron, the Patreon patrons, I should say, YouTube channel members. Basically, it's why we do that. But uh, heck, anybody can jump over and enjoy it. So, uh, got Defense Dad riding uh, again, not stealing from Charlie Cook out there riding shotgun with Charlie, but uh, got Defense Dad riding shotgun, uh, the uh, compatriot cohort partner in crime tonight. How are you, man? Oh, sounds like a little better than you, man. <laughs> no, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I could, uh, I could be much worse. It's just, uh, just a head cold. Nothing that can't tough through. Uh, Papa out there, uh, he's got one for you. He says, uh, "What have been your 2021 purchases?" Oh man, oh, do I dare list them all? Uh, <laughs> So I'm, I don't know how, as, as you know, I'm kind of newer. So I bought quite a bit of stuff last year. Uh, I'll give you my favorites. Well, he, um, said, he said 2021. So he's talking oh, about this great. year. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, then too. Uh, so far this year, I got my first revolver. I got my, uh, it's, it's nothing fancy. It's just an EA um, Windicator four inch Ooh. with the blued finish. Uh -huh. 357 Magnum. And then I kind of went nostalgic. There was a used SR45 in the gun store, and I, I almost didn't buy it because it when it was it was at Shields, and they had a it ended up having a broken guide rod and spring. Mm. But they got it fixed under warranty, and they 
made me a price. I just couldn't refuse. My first gun was an SR9. And I kind of missed having it. And I was like, well, I already got three holsters for it. So what What the hell? Right. So those are, those are so far my two. There's one I kind of want, but I'm holding off of it. Well, you had said, it said 2021, and you said, oh, my God, like, where do I start? And I'm like, my God, it ain't been but a month. How many guns do you, you buy each month? My goodness. Sorry, no, I was thinking 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, Lockjaw jumping in. I hadn't seen Lockjaw in a while. Welcome, bro. And uh, James Pellerin jumping in out there, too. So good evening. TPC jumping in in the house now, too. So hello, gentlemen. Yeah. Talking about uh, gun purchases, I guess, thanks to uh, Papa out there. And Ricardo saying uh, he's old school, loves revolvers. Yeah, same here. Um, Trying to think, 2021. Hmm. Hmm. So I picked out that Browning Buck Mark Micro Bull. That's one. Saw that. I'm trying trying to think i don't know i don't know for sure if i picked up that uberti 4440 revolver in um in 2021 i'd have to go back and look see i'm i'm blessed to actually have several ffls that i work with and pour and through and um one of them i've got a like a tab right so that's what I'm saying on that 4440. I'm not sure because I know it's on the tab. I know I haven't paid it off, but uh, <laughs> um, it, um, yeah, sometimes who knows. Uh, Calabaris out there, he says, if another stimulus happens, and it will, let's not kid ourselves. Um, he says he'll be getting uh, G17. His wife seems to really like the G19, so that may be her first handgun. Uh, yeah, I've got, I don't have a 19, I've never had a 19. I uh, probably need to look into getting a 19. I'm not opposed to that. Uh, and I've got a uh, 17L. Really love uh, my my 17L. So uh, Lockjaw said he got his first revolver about uh, a year and a half ago. Probably his favorite handgun. Uh, now, one that rocketed, well, two actually, I think, that I picked up last year that rocketed quickly to the top of my list was the Ruger Blackhawk in 357 and the Smith and Wesson 617. Um, mm-hmm. Cash out there. Danny jumping in. What's up, Danny? Cash out there uh, says 2021 is the year of the AKs for him. Started his AK addiction late 2020. Ammunition's more available, especially the surplus brass and still ammo. So nothing wrong with that. Um, I've got a few AKs. I'm not. Uh, I've got even more ARs. And they're they're okay, but no cash is uh, one of the, the younger guys out there. By the way, check out his channel, crushing it on a lot of different uh, different aspects. But no, he's one of the younger guys out there, and that stuff seems to be the AKAR, the Gucci Glock, the CZ, the you know some of the more fancier stuff seems to be attractive to the. Um, to the younger crowd, interestingly enough, it never really was for me. I always preferred the revolvers, the lever actions, the the things of that nature. Uh, don't get me wrong. I do appreciate an AK, appreciate an AR, appreciate, you know, a CZ or a Glock or a Gucci Glock or anything else. Just um, not, uh, 
not my go-to if I if I really had a choice. But but I am, and I've said this over and over repeatedly. People's like, well, you need to buy this. You need to make this your next purchase. So that's your next purchase. And um, I am to the point now. I don't really get excited about any particular firearm. Uh, I'm an opportunistic buyer. Uh, I add to my collection. That's exactly the way that I like to phrase it. Um, based on the value at hand, the deal that uh, is in front of me. Uh, yeah. If it's if it's if it's something that I can add to the collection, enjoy, and when I'm dead and gone, uh, it's either held value or appreciated, preferably uh, in value. Well, all the better. Uh, Artac and daughters jumping in out there. What's up, Artac? Um, James Pellerin says he has a Rottweiler. Want to put a uh, uh, gun on her collar? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. So I I bought quite a few last year, and like because I was you know again being newer, I was trying to build up my collection to what I thought I you know want to have. But uh, I've got a couple ARs. I don't have any AKs. I don't own a Glock. Uh, if I I I eventually get one, and if I when if and when I do, it's either going to be a 17 or a 34, more of a range gun. Uh, and strictly because I'm like I I get a lot of crap, but I'm left-handed, so any Glock I'm going to buy is going to be the you know a more updated one because I don't want it fully ambi. I just I'm picky. I'm not going to buy a gun that I can't operate with both hands equally. Right. Uh, and that's just me. Um, and then I mean I I had. Uh, 7.62 AR pistol, and I, I got rid of it here recently. I'm like, I keep thinking I need to get something because I've got about a thousand rounds of ammo for it with nothing to shoot through it. Right, that's not good. Uh, Chris out there, Chris Ramos says you always wanted. I'm guessing that's Springfield. So it's a Springfield for safety. Guessing, guessing he's talking 1911. Uh, single action. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Ricardo. Is after his AR-10. Believes the next one will be a 1911 and 10 millimeter. I can certainly approve that. I'm looking into one right now. Um, to his dad mentioned uh, mentioned the EAA and um, EAA imports Gerson, and Gerson has one. Go look it up. The MC 1911S Hunter, which is a 10 millimeter long slide. Oh, oh, uh, pretty awesome. So. Uh, they are not, I don't think that they're on the market yet. Uh, they're, they're new, they're coming soon, all that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, if you're in the 10 millimeter 1911s and in particular that long slide, man, it ought to get it done with the 10 millimeter for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The only 1911 I have so far is, is in nine millimeter, which again, I get a lot of hard time but it's a smooth shooter and it was it was just too good of a deal to pass up it was in when it was in my local gun store so mm -hmm. um but, you know i had a request on a video i think it was the top five revolvers that i wish i owned so check that video out on the channel if you um if you have time but um got a request to do 1911s and i'm not a big 1911 fan i own several Again, same thing with ARs and AKs and other stuff. I appreciate them, and they're fun and, and everything else. But um, um, 
Yeah, I've, I've kind of got a list going. I've been scouring the internet, looking at some different 1911s, mostly high end because that's what that revolver video. If you go uh, watch that, there's yeah, a reason. There's a reason those are the ones I wished I owned, right? Um, and so the 1911 is going to be the same way. Going to be some fairly high dollar 1911s in that list. But been uh, been looking at a few, and there may or may not. Let's spoiler alerts here, but there may or may not be a 10 millimeter in that list. Uh, Rod's out there with the gun cleaners. He said he loves his Colt Delta Elite 10 millimeter. Absolutely, uh, 100%. Uh, amazing, amazing pistols. Uh, Danny saying he loves his uh, Smith 686. It's hard to go wrong, man, with a Smith and Wesson 686. It's hard to go wrong with just about any Smith and Wesson revolver. But uh, yeah, the 686 is uh, is sort of their workhorse. Um, I would say for 357 anyway. Uh, and then if you're talking 38, strictly 38, the Smith and Wesson Model 10. So I think everybody needs a Smith and Wesson Model 10 and a Smith and Wesson. 686 and i'll tell you what model 10s can be had for fairly reasonable prices so if you're looking at starting your collection of revolvers and stuff like that model 10s are a really good one to start with you can a lot of times you could find i think even even today right now as crazy as some of the stuff is i think you could find um a smith and wesson model 10 maybe for as little as about 300 bucks out there so uh yeah don't discount uh, that stuff yeah, I, I I was looking, but like the like the six eighty six, I went with mine just because I just I'm not, I'm not overly into revolvers, but I thought I should have one. I'm kind of more getting into rifles than handguns lately. Right. I've been kind of scouring trying to find a CZ what was a five twenty seven in right. seven six in seven six two bolt action, but man, I, you can't find those. Yep. You can't hard. It's hard to find most stuff right now. Well, that's an amazing rifle. It really is. Uh, Artec is saying, I uh, can't say enough good about his Rock Island Armory 10 millimeter 1911. Yep, yep. Uh, Rock Island does some pretty good stuff. I've got a couple. What I've got that shotgun. Man, it's getting all kind of traffic. Apparently, that's a popular shotgun, that AG 12. Uh, and then um, the little revolver that I got from them, that AL, was it AL 22? Uh, they're pretty decent made in, uh, the Czech Republic, which is interesting enough, but, uh, yeah. Uh, poor conservatives says only two plans for this year. Finishes 50 Beowulf and, uh, to find an S and W 500. Um, hang on just one second. My apologies, but had to uh, cough there and didn't want to bust everybody's eardrums. Um, We've got Southpaw. He says, any experience with the 2011s? Um, I do have some, yes. Um, I'm not up to speed with the, necessarily with what constitutes a 2011. The way I understand it is basically double stack magazine, right? Yeah, that's basically the difference to my, for, from what I understand. I've shot quite a few of them. They're, they're fun. I, I kind of like them because um, I've got kind of, large palms but short fingers so like i don't like a real when i have something with a real thin grip i don't care for it as much so i like the wider grip on the 2011 in fact the grips that i put on my rock island 1911 the single stack make it feel like like a 2011 and it, it just feels better in my hand that way mm. now i'll tell you one that um and i should have bought it man i should have bought it the price was decent 
back when and I should have bought it knowing now what I, you know, knowing then what I know now definitely would have anybody got access to a time machine. Let me, let me know. Uh, but, um, the para USA who is no longer in business. I don't, I don't guess they may be out there in name only, but I don't think they're producing anymore. Um, used to be para ordinance and I don't yeah. know if it was under para ordinance or para USA. I can't remember. Uh, exactly, but they had one they called the TAC five T A C F I V E TAC five. That was a nine millimeter. Um, amazing! Oh man, amazing! And I wished I would have. I had a chance to pick one up, and I didn't. And I kind of kicked myself. I've got a couple of other pair ordinances, um, and they're they're great 1911s. I've got the pair ordinance Warthog, which is the little bitty double stack. Don't know if that counts as a as a uh, 2011 because it's the, the itty bitty one, but then got the, um, uh, and then I've got a GI model, uh, pair of ordinance as well. Danny out there throwing down the 499, uh, saying, what do you think about the Springfield M one a, we will, uh, get to that here in just a second. Gizzard, uh, Gary jumping in the house. G 23 is in there. Uh, Papa says, yeah, Remington bought out para and shut them down. Yeah. That's what I was, what I was thinking. Unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, the Springfield M1A. So, here's the thing about the Springfield M1A. And I know Springfield is a name that a lot of us do not like repeating. Uh, but in the context of the M1A, I don't mind. The XD, I could care less. The Hellcat, I could care less. The other stuff could care less. Uh, but as far as the M1A, oh, yes, please. Um, the thing that I run into with the M1A is this. I don't own one. And... And I'm, I'm guessing you're not talking the Garand. You're talking the M14, the M1A, right? Because um, a lot of people refer, call the Garand the M1A for some reason. They I don't know why. But anyway, I'm, I'm guessing that's the one he's talking about, the M1A. That's what I think when I think when somebody says Springfield M1A. Yeah. Um, but every time I've tried to save to buy an M1A, and I've actually looked into some of the Norinco copies as well which are really good rifles by the way uh, i've got a buddy that owns a couple um anytime i've i've gotten fairly close within a few hundred bucks of being able to buy one and something comes up and i'm not talking about something comes up and i gotta pay a bill but something comes up because again i'm an opportunistic buyer right and something comes up and i end up spending that money or at least a large portion of that money on something right sure. Yep. And so it's like I'm back to square one. So I can never get ahead. Um, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe somebody was talking about the stimulus checks. <laughs> Maybe that's what I need to do. I need to con my wife into it. My wife's pretty lax about uh, let me do whatever I want to do. But, yeah, maybe I need to sweet talk her into uh, let me, uh, especially if we're able to go to Tulsa in, uh, in April to the Wanamaker Tulsa Harm Show. No doubt there's a Springfield M1A uh, up there. Find one priced right and, and get after it. Uh, Artak and Daughters says that um, he has one of the Rurinko uh, M14s. Great gun. Yep. Uh, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody that's owned a Rurinko other than trash talking because it's a Rurinko, right? Um, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody you know, seriously say they were, they were a bad gun. Uh, Chris Ramos says, can't you help me out? with it love it don't really sure what he's saying uh so yeah m1a what do you what are you thinking dad on that i've never i've never handled one i mean i've just seen pictures of them i mean 
they're, they're cool. I, I, my question is, I mean, they're, I know they're always up there in price, but like, even those, like, I wonder if you can even find a halfway decent price on those right now. I bet you could. I bet you could. Especially if you, like I said, some place like, uh, the Watermaker Tulsa Arms Show, you go up there, there's going to be so many. I can't tell you the number of, man, you talk about grands and one carbines and other things. Um, but I got to think there's so many um, available in that place, right? Just because it's such a huge show yeah. that you kind of got to walk the entire show. You got to know everything that's there, and then you got to start playing them off each other. And I think you could get a good deal because, you know, um, what you would do is you would just go with the, uh, uh, you know, middle of the road and go, hey, I can get one cheaper over here, you know. Sure. And then you'll start playing them off each other, but you better have the cash, right? And be ready to oh, be yeah. ready to jump when they when they do come down. See, so we don't have big shows like that around here, uh, and even if they did, like just the uh, my I work retail, so I work every weekend, so I, I have to take a weekend off to go to something like that, and then I'm on commission, so I don't I don't tend to do that very often, right? So I scour my local gun stores and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I hear you. Calaveras's thought on the six eight western. Um, you know, I, I want to I want to play around with one. The problem, um, and and that's one of the things I was actually looking forward to with Shot Show uh, was to get off in the Winchester booth and play around with that. Um, it's intriguing. Um, six point eight is a really good, uh, and I've got a six eight SPC. Uh, but 6.8 is a really good caliber, really good diameter for a lot of different things. And so I'm definitely intrigued by it. Um, the Some of the Winchester, I'm trying to even think of the models, but obviously the Model 70, and then they've got their polymer tactical one that I can't even think of what it's called. I, I want to say SPX, but that, or XTR or something, but... Uh, that's not it. Calabara says the 6.8 Western seems like another version of the 270 uh, Winchester uh, Super Short Magnum. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, sorta. I would, uh, I wouldn't disagree with that. Have you looked into that 6.8 uh, Western? No, any? I, I have not. I, I, I kind of, I, I don't have a large enough collection. I kind of stay towards the more readily available stuff and eventually I'll start getting into some, some different calibers, but uh, I'm kind of also, I like to shoot a lot. So I stay towards the lesser, the lower price calibers, like again, like seven, six, two and nine and, and 45, just because I can get them. Once I, once I start getting further into it, yeah, I'd like to get some of the, I guess, more obscure stuff, but as of right now, I don't. But, I mean, I bought my first gun two and a half years ago, so. Now, Wes out there, he said Ron Spalmer has a great video on the various 6.8 versus 270 calibers. So that's interesting if you're, I guess, if you're into the data on uh, on all that stuff. Heck yeah. Um, you know, one thing, and, and this is not to necessarily, I don't know, I guess we can work a transition in here maybe, but I've got... Um, just to remind everybody that here at the top of the hour at nine, uh, 
uh, Eastern. Would it be nine Eastern? God, I don't want to get my time zones messed up, especially not feeling well. But uh, yeah, nine Eastern, top of the hour. We're going to be splitting out of here just a little bit early. Uh, but stick around on the channel. Jump over to the uh, Patreon Lawn Chair Pop uh, in the premiere. We'll be chatting over there and, and hanging out for a while. So uh, now Danny throwing down another super chat. Thanks, sir. Uh, super chat. It's going super chat crazy tonight. Be careful with that, bro. So uh, I was able to pick up a Smith 686.6 for 600 bucks recently. Considering today's going prices, I don't think that was too bad. That definitely was not too bad. I would, uh, um, man, I might would have to partake at that that price right now. Yeah, those are going for close to eight here. Yeah. Yep. Um, our attacking daughter said, looking forward to the 6.8 by 51, which is the 277 Fury by Sig that's coming out. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you another one is uh, that I almost got into back in the day. It's been years ago now was the 277 Wolverine just because it was a cool name more than anything. Yeah. Um, I looked at the 277 Wolverine the 6.8 SPC and the 6.5 Grendel, and I landed on the 6.8 SPC, and, and mostly due to the price of the brass, projectiles, um, you know, the cost of being able to load for it and, and stuff like that. Uh, that's why, why I went that route. Um, no, what I was going to say, and, and yeah, talking about loading stuff, so <clears throat> I had a leak out here in the building that... Um, that I was not aware of for quite some time. And I had some loading dies that uh, I found that were basically stayed submerged for who knows how long, right? Oh, no. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. So anyway, I'm going to throw some pictures up on social media and all. Uh, if I don't do that tonight, probably tomorrow, one day this week anyway. But uh, got to looking around, watching some videos, trying to figure out maybe you know what I could do. And I don't know if anybody else there else out there has ever used. It's called EvapoRust, E A V P O dash R U S T, EvapoRust. But I'm gonna tell you what. For the last two days, I've been trying. I've been grabbing anything and everything that's rusty around here, and throwing in my Sonic Cleaner with that EvapoRust. And I'm gonna tell you what. It will flat clean the rust off of stuff, dude. Nice. I ain't never seen nothing like this in my life. Um, probably not quite as good as sandblasting would do. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but it also, I mean, there's no, you know, you don't have near the risk of damage or anything really that sandblasting would do either. Plus, you can get up into some internal crooks and crevices and other things, but. Uh, yeah, EvapoRust, E-A-B-P-O-R-U-S-T. Huh. Uh, I'll have to write that down. Does it, does it, take, does it do pretty good and like, sol solve any pitting issues? Or? Well, That's the problem. When you clean the rust, you, 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 yeah, you don't no. pit too long. Yeah, no. I mean, obviously. I mean, you know what I mean? Once you get to, yeah, there's no way to fill in the pits. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because so, I mean, back in the day, yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, my history is from cars, and we used a lot of what was called rust mort. Right. But that that's a little bit different. It just changes the chemical makeup of it, so it stops it, and then you can wire wheel it off. So, but right. yeah, the stuff you're talking about sounds pretty good. 
Yeah, put an Amazon link out there because honestly, I bought this at the O'Reilly Auto Parts store. Um, and then tonight I was thinking, man, I, I probably need to get another jug of this. And I jumped over on Amazon and I looked and it's like a third of the price on Amazon than it was at the auto parts store. And I'm like, crap, <laughs> I could have bought three jugs for the price of one, but I wouldn't have known. You know what I mean? The thing about sure. going running down the auto parts store and getting it is, you know, I ain't got to wait on something that doesn't work. But uh, yeah, man, I couldn't be happier. Uh, hopefully in the future, I'll make some videos. I've got some if, 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 right. Um, Midway ever gets the uh, crap I need to cast and load my 4440s, which hopefully the end of this month they'll they'll have that stuff in stock. Um, I, I'm definitely going to have some bullet molds I've got to to clean some rust off of, and so I may make a uh, make it. I should have made a video, but as a lot of you out there know, I, I stacked up. Uh, the last couple of weeks stacked up a bunch of videos because my intention this week is to write articles for gear dash report.com. So make sure you go check those out. But, um, yeah, so I, you know, I really wasn't filming or, or doing anything. I was just playing around with it. You know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, it's such a hassle to drag out cameras and try to set stuff up and, you know, all that kind of stuff when you're just playing around. I, I didn't really know how to use it. Um, you know, it says just put it off in like a, a jug or a container and drop the parts down in there and let them sit. And I did that and it did okay. I mean, I let them sit like overnight that way. Uh, yeah. and it, did, it did okay. But holy Moses, man, I put them in my sonic cleaner and I did a little bit of homework first before I did that to make sure it was okay. And I just got one of the little sonic cleaners that, um, good Lord, from, from like Harbor Freight, right? Right. Um, let me go let me go see if I can find that uh, but yeah just a, a little sonic cleaner from like Harbor Freight uh, and it does man it does wonderful it really does uh, huh. but yeah there's all kinds of uh, there's all kinds of sonic cleaners over on Amazon that are similar to that one but um, yeah it does amazing man so I found some sockets and stuff that were left outside and rusty and dropped them off in there and all kinds of things. Um, now, Ricardo says he'll buy uh, some of the stuff for his old man's Taurus. They must be a little rusty. <laughs> uh, Patriot Ninja in the house. What's up, man? Um, yeah, you know, I thought about this, quite honestly, and I may do a video on it. I've got, I don't know, I don't know if the parts will fit in my sonic cleaner. They may if I take if, if I take it apart. But I, I was wondering, you know how, oh, well, maybe you don't, but I'll ask you, Defense Dad, but you know how you do a, um, uh, you know, black powder and you don't clean it right away or something like that, right? And it'll rust up really bad. Right. Um, I'm wondering how well it would work for something like that. I don't know. I, I mean, I've always heard if you don't clean it right away, it starts pitting the metal and everything well it will but yeah. you know what i'm talking about is just like the the light surface before it's gotten to that point sure and see i'm sitting here thinking i do in addition to guns i do a lot of restoration work on old furniture or custom build and i try to retain all the old screws and hardware uh-huh and that stuff sounds like it might because i i can't even tell you between working on cars as i was younger and doing the furniture stuff I, the hours i've spent at a at a bench grinder with the wire wheel, it's 
something like this, and I, I do have a little sonic cleaner, I'm going to have to try some of that stuff out. Yeah. Because I, I probably spent hundreds and hundreds of hours over my life just trying to trying to restore old hardware, trying to get the rust off. <laughs> right. Uh, Patriot Ninja says he bought the same sonic cleaner for 60 bucks. Does a great job. Yeah, it's just not very big. Um, the one I got. That's the only thing. Uh, man, you can't. I mean, you could probably put like a subcompact gun or something like that in there. You might could put a four-inch barrel. I doubt very seriously. You might could get a six-inch barrel in there. Just the barrel, right? Uh, if it was like catty-cornered diagonally in there, it might fit. But yeah, it's not very big. That's the only thing. Um, so I don't know. Maybe something as well as this works. Then that guy, that's got me wondering, maybe I need a larger sonic cleaner now. You know what I mean? But those suckers get expensive when they get bigger. Oh, yeah. You watch some of those restoration things like uh, like uh, Iraq Veteran 88, and he's got the big ones you can put a whole gun in. I can't even imagine how much those things cost. Yeah, they're going to be pricey for sure. You know, I would like to have something... <sighs> You know, maybe 18 inches. If you could get 18 inches in it, you know what I mean, lengthwise. Sure. Um. That that would be okay. I mean, that would be plenty enough room. I mean, the problem with the one I got now, I've got a couple of suppressors that won't fit in it. You know what I mean? Um. So if I had something like 18 inch, you know, overall length, it would, you know, I'd be able to get all my suppressors in there because that's a great way to clean your suppressors, a <laughs> sonic cleaner. Uh, sure. Without a doubt. Uh, Papa out there says Hornady slaps their name on the same machine and doubles the price. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot of the, but that's that way on a lot of stuff, especially when you're talking electrical or electronic stuff. Um, but yeah, I have noticed that some of the different name brand machines look to be the same exact machine, which is, uh, yeah. Budget yeah, I too. think that happens a lot of times. I mean, that's something if you like, if you're talking about the 18 it'd be kind of nice because that way, you know, if you have even a dirty handgun, obviously you just put, you put a different solution in there, but you could do a deep clean on it or something. And that, that would, that would be handy to have. Yeah. Yep. I'm just thinking, man, you could almost, we're talking revolvers, you know, you could just yank the grips pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and throw it in there. And, you know, other than, other than needing to kind of rinse things out or whatever, I don't know that you'd even have to yank the grips um, because this evaporust, it, it says it's safe for rubbers, it's safe for plastics, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So technically you wouldn't even have to do that. Um, it's a super safe rust removal. Um and I mean, you're not supposed to ingest it. Supposedly, it tastes really, really horrible if you do. But if you get it in your eyes, it doesn't burn. Um, you know, it's it's pretty environmentally safe. Matter of fact, they say when you get done with your um, when you get done with your solution, um, and it'll get it'll get really dark, and they'll say it gets to where it won't work as well, uh, and you dump your solution. They said the best thing to do is use it to water your garden because it has like a high, high iron. Yeah, it has a high iron content, they said. <laughs> um, yeah. And they're like, yeah, use it on your flower beds and stuff like that. What, huh. they, what they say. But they're like, it's it's no different than having iron ore in the ground. You know what I mean? Basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was just thinking too. It would have been nice to have one of the, you know, a bigger Sonic cleaner. Just when I was, that forty-five, I told you I bought. Yeah. I tell you what, like I couldn't believe the gun store didn't clean that. I almost passed on it because it was just so damn dirty. I, I had a hard time telling that the rifling was good because the barrel was just so caked. Mm-hmm. I, and I took a, I took a gamble on it. That's the price it gave me, but it. I tell you, what, it took me an hour and a half to clean that handgun, which wow. is ridiculous. Uh, and then t- everything turned out. I, you know, my gamble paid off, but uh, it would have been a lot. You'd be a lot nicer to be able to drop it into like one of those sauna cleaners with a little bit of you know watered down simple green or something. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe even this stuff. I don't know how good this stuff works on non-rust. You know what I mean? That'd be the yeah. This thing. was just. This had so much carbon buildup. I, that's why I couldn't tell if the rifling was just if it it, it was the outside of the barrel didn't look it looked like it had been shot out, but mm-hmm. inside, but it, the rifling's perfect in it. It just yeah, that would have been that would have saved me a lot of headache and cussing. <laughs> right, uh, Patriot Ninja says he uses Simple Green, good stuff. Yeah, I've got I'm looking at two gallon jugs of Simple Green right now. That's that's usually what I run in this Sonic cleaner. Yep. Uh, usually, 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 Danny says he's always used simple green. Um, I'll tell you what, I don't know if Rod with the gun cleaners is out there or not, but if I had a larger Sonic cleaner, um, I would have to be hitting up Rod. I know I've talked to him about it before instead of getting his, some of his solvent in just the uh, little bitty bottles, but actually buying, a, <laughs> buying enough to fill a Sonic cleaner because... You talk about clean some stuff now. You could clean some stuff if you had some of the solvent in a in a sonic cleaner for sure. Yeah, I've heard you and Ghost talk about that stuff. I got I, I haven't tried it yet. Yeah, and it's um but and again, simple green simple green works really well too. Um, yeah, I've used that for I mean you can use that on jewelry. You can there's a lot of stuff you can use that on. In fact, my little my little sonic cleaner, the old jewelry one, because I use it when when I was in graphic design. Because um, I'm old enough, we did hand airbrush. I used it to clean out my airbrush. Oh, wow! Wow! Yeah. Sorry about that. Had to <clears throat> clean some snot and stuff out so yeah in case you guys out there can't tell uh i have a massive head cold going on here not cool so yeah what else are we gonna talk about we talked about the evapo rust check that out i dropped a a link if you guys want to check that out um out there we talked about 10 millimeters 1911s we talked about all the things that we did purchase um yeah it's gonna be interesting moving forward i'm hoping that um march the 8th there is a palma professional animal media association uh, event in talladega and so hopefully i'll get to get to go to that it'll be nice to get out in and about now unfortunately um kind of the drawback to it one of the things with making these events is being able to meet up with some other people and hang out a little bit and whatever. There's not that many people that are in Poma. So I'm not real sure uh, 
I might actually be the only person on YouTube at that event. Um, it's possible. So, uh, but then we've got, uh, that's March 8th. And then I think it's April the 10th, I think is the Wanamaker Tulsa Arms show. And then later, uh, on in April, the, maybe the week after, um, Tulsa is when it is, is the USCCA in Nashville. So, um, I'm hoping all those events happen. I'm hoping we're able to get out and, and, uh, and do some more stuff. Now, uh, Ricardo out there, he says, do you use WD-40 to clean guns? How do you use it? How not to use it? I do not use WD-40 at all to clean guns. None at all. Nope. Don't. Just don't use it. So No, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of old school. I still use a lot of Hoppies 9 and Ballast all and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I do that, but... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I, I since I was going to be on with you, I had I know you do a lot of twenty two stuff, so I had a couple questions for you. So like, like so you got the buck mark lately? Like I'm actually I have a Mark One Ruger, and I I, I want a buck mark. But like, if you're going to start off with just one buck mark, what would you if more for range use? Cheap which one. model would you? Huh? Cheap, cheapest one you can get. Okay. Seriously, uh, which is usually the camper model. Yeah. Uh, um. You know, I see those around the three hundred dollar range, and I'm talking brand new. Uh, and now, not 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 um, what am I what am I saying here? Uh, in this day and age, and with all, everything that's going on now, I don't know. Who knows? But uh, you know, in normal times, anyway, uh, you can find right. them. on sell around three hundred dollar range. I would go camper model. The only thing you're paying for when you go to a higher end buck mark. Um, trigger, disconnect, sear, hammer, slide, firing pin, all of that, it's all the same. The frame, the, the internals, the way it operates, the functionality, the trigger pull, the, every bit of that's the same. It's identical. You're paying for, you're paying for upgraded grips. You're paying for potentially a, a rail on top instead of sights. You're paying for a longer barrel or maybe a lighter barrel or a different barrel profile. You know what I mean? Um, yep. That's all you're paying for. So, well, see, I was kind of considering something a little bit longer barrel because I have, I just have the standard on the Mark IV and I love it. But I shot one, I think I had a six inch barrel at an event this summer. Yeah. And I, from 20 yards, I was picking off golf balls that were hanging off ropes and it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So that and that and I kind of almost impulse bought one of those Rossi RS twenty twos the other night. Like you're, I know they're they're super cheap, but mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of good reviews on them. Have you ever messed with one? Um, yeah, yeah. They're um, I don't care for them. Um, there's a lot of stuff twenty two that Rossi's made that I don't care for though. Yeah. Um, I mean the the. The worst thing about just about anything, anything Rossi, any long gun that's Rossi, uh, this is their breakdowns or their rear sights are just absolute 100% garbage. So you're either going to have to try to drill and tap and do something or put a scope on it or, I mean, definitely like right out of the gate. Um, Those sights are horrible. You go to adjust them once and they're liable to snap or yeah, all kind of crazy stuff. 
Are they even Palmer? They just cheap plastic. They yeah, they're they're cheap plastic. I can get Great. it for eighty nine. Oh. It was it was on a sale for eighty nine dollars here. I oh like, wow! Yeah, you could put a scope on it. You could put. Well, yeah, because that's what I know that my daughter's uh, ten twenty two, and I I want to do a custom build ten twenty two, but I I can't even I can't even find a decent price on a just a just the action for it. I, I don't really want to buy a complete twenty two and then turn around and replace everything on it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the one I've got, the uh, Tactical Innovations Elite 22 I've got is that way. It, it I never did. I didn't, did not start. I started from a receiver yeah, uh, and worked up. Uh, it just made sense. It, it made no sense to start off because you, you will replace literally everything on it. You might use a few of the screws or washers or something like that, maybe. But, um, yeah, the vast majority of it you're not going to use. So, uh now Brownells has their uh, twenty-two receivers. I don't know a lot about them, uh, and I don't know even if you can find any in stock. But I know no, that they've just got said I can't find anything right now. And I, I just yeah. kind of wanted my own. The only ten twenty-two rifle I have is my daughter's, and I just kind of wanted my own just to have to throw in the throw in the truck and take to the range. Right. Um, the Patriot Ninja says uh, never used. Uh, I'm guessing these mean uh, ballastol. Yeah. Uh, he says, is it better than Hoppy's number nine? Um, yeah, no. Um, no, I'm going to say no. However, I do like it. Uh, I use a 20 to one mixture for black powder. Um, and you can use that for your lubed patches and a lot of other things with Ballastol. Um, so I use Ballastol for a lot of different things. Um, I don't hardly use Hoppy's number nine at all anymore. Uh, but as far as what's the word cleaning power or corrosive um, for as far as being a solvent, a harsh solvent, uh, it is not better. So, uh, hobbies number nine definitely, definitely has its place. I think. Um, yeah. Speaking of, cause I know that Ricardo was talking about WD 40. I got a video that I dropped not too long ago. Uh, playing around with some automotive products because one of the things I've heard forever is people use using carburetor cleaner and using this and using that. The first thing I'm thinking is, good Lord, how are you using that? Because if you get it on anything plastic or wood or whatever, what's it going to do? You know. Uh, so I got a video checking some of that stuff out. Uh, with that being said, one thing that I use religiously <laughs> um, sitting in the floor beside me here because I was actually using it uh, the last couple of days is the uh, I use mobile one motor oil and four alt steel wool. Now the only application I use that for is surface rust. Um, yeah. And I'll saturate my steel wool and I'll dab the area uh, and kind of get it, let it soak set for just a second and then very lightly rub out the uh the surface rust with that four all steel wool and mobile one uh but i don't use it for anything else i mean once that's cleaned up you know i go to something else uh yeah our poor mississippi says yeah carburetor cleaner turns plastic sticky and breaks it down depends on the carburetor cleaner <laughs> um but yeah good yeah, typically speaking, yeah, brake cleaner will do the same thing. Um, Rich White says, the real question is, are baristas better than hoppies, he says. So I wouldn't know about that. I don't do the whole coffee shop thing. So 
Uh, yeah, that'd be a trick question for Squib or P11, I think. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, now, Patriot Ninja just bought uh, his first 10 millimeter, went with the Springfield XDM 45, a uh, four and a half inch with a threaded barrel. Uh, any suppressor recommendations? Um, defense staff? I have yet to mess with suppressors, so I, I can't speak to that, to be honest with you. So, I'm going to throw out, when you're talking about pistols, I will tell you this. You most definitely get what you pay for. You can give by, um, there's a lot of great suppressor companies when you're talking about rifle, when you're talking about specifically 308, probably the most common suppressor that people get. Uh, it's going to be the 7.62 suppressor for 308. Then they use it on 270. They use it on 223, and they use it on other stuff, right? Um, next to that, the most common probably is the 22 suppressor, but that's really only good for 22 long rifle. Maybe, depending on if it's rated, 22 mag or 17 HMR. Um, but anyway, when you get into specifics like that, specifically pistol caliber, um, typically that's larger bore. First of all, so I mean, you're looking at a at a 40 caliber bore there, uh, so considerably larger than a 308 bore. And when you have that larger bore, the volume of gas uh, is greater. And so you've really got to have a, a good can. You really got to have one that's engineered well. Um, and, and the company that built it understands how that how that works with pistol plus. It's got to be made out of things that help cut the weight because a heavier suppressor on a, on an already heavy rifle, who cares? But, you know, if you've got too much weight on that pistol, it's unbearable, right? And then you've got a length issue, too, because how do you get the volume? Well, you're going to get volume in that suppressor by the diameter or the length, right? You've got to increase the size of it somehow. Yep. Um, so is it too long and awkward? Is it too big and awkward? Is it too heavy and awkward? And most of the more expensive ones out there uh, are going to be built with titanium. They're going to be monocore design, which is uh, maximizes the efficiency of, you know, slowing the gases and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so a couple that I would recommend would be dead air. Look into dead air. Uh, and look into maybe um, Thunderbeast Arms or TBA. I would say look into Dead Air or look into TBA would be a couple that I can throw out there to look into. And again, you're going to pay for them. Uh, that's the that's the sad thing. Uh, being a 40, um, 10, I know it's a 10 millimeter and I mean 40 in diameter because believe me, a 10 millimeter is far from a 40 Smith & Wesson. Um, but the, um, you know, don't get a 40 suppressor. Don't gimp yourself. Go with a 45 because it's not going to be that much of a difference. Uh, and then you can use it on a 45. So, uh, that would be my suggestion. Look into some, some of the 45 suppressors from Thunderbeast Arms and, uh, and Dead Air would be my, my guess is, or, or if you're handy, if you know a good machinist, um, uh, commented on, uh, I think Johnny B had a, video recently where he was talking about suppressors and i said uh i commented in there i built several form ones you know and really enjoy doing it uh if you're handy if you have access to the machine work if you know somebody that can help you with the machine work da 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 uh man look at some designs 
uh, and consider building your own. Uh, because if you form one right now and you e-file that form one, cost a little more to e-file, right? Uh, first of all, you got to find somebody that's got a silencer shop kiosk. Uh, and then it's going to cost you about $35 more than it would normally. So it's going to cost you roughly 235 bucks time you pay for your stamp, right? Uh, but you're going to save, right? If you build it yourself, I mean, you can build a, a suppressor seriously for under 100 bucks in parts. Um, especially if you got a buddy that owns a machine shop and has the equipment you can borrow and things like that, right? Um, but yeah, if you've got access, you're able to do that. Good Lord, look at some baffle designs and monocore designs and, and something to, just something to consider. Uh, I know a lot of people don't have access to do things like that, but, um, and whatever you do again, don't, uh, you got to have that form one and that stamp back before you actually build anything. So, uh, again, look at designs, figure out your designs and your dimensions. Cause when you fill out the paperwork, you'll have to know the length. They'll want to know the length and the caliber on the, uh, form one paperwork. So again, you're probably going to make it 45 caliber. And, you know, once you figure out your design and everything else, uh, figure out your length, get your paperwork, fill it out. When it comes back, put it on the uh, lathe and uh, the mill and whatever you need to do and cut it out and go. So, um, Garfort, Mississippi. Well, the gum out is about all he uses, he says. The gum out. Oh, yeah, the gum out. Uh, he's talking about the carb, carb cleaner there. Yeah. Yeah, I've used um, a lot of carb cleaner, but you just got to be careful what you get it on. So I used some Safari Land Break Free Spray one time that it was on my daughter's 795, right? Uh, Marlin 795 that said it was safe. It was not safe. I sprayed and it literally melted the trigger guard. I mean, literally it looked like the wicked witch of the West when they threw water on that chick. Oh, wow. Wizard of Oz. It literally melted and like smoke was coming off of it. Um, yeah. Uh, and ever since then, I've been very, 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 very careful <laughs> with what I use cleaning my, cleaning my guns. Very, very careful. So, um, we got oh ricardo talking about site mark citadels uh any uh any experience with the site mark citadel scopes out there dad no not personally i uh my scopes i most of mine are uh bottom size for from from monstrum or vortex mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I'll chime in here. I, I've got several sight marks. So he's saying on a, uh, on a 308. So here's the thing. Uh, interesting. You, you say that, uh, and that was Ricardo, right? Yeah, that was Ricardo. Um, I have a sight mark benchmark. I think it's called a benchmark or is it a bench made bench made is the knife company. So it's gotta be benchmark. I've got a sight mark benchmark, which is at the time was about a, $800 scope from Sightmark, right? You say Sightmark, people automatically think cheap. Now, Sightmark does have some cheap scopes. They've got some budget stuff. Um, and some of that stuff works fine. For example, I've got a Sightmark... What is it? The Ridgeline? I think it's called the Ridgeline uh, on a... I want to say that's a 300 Win Mag, and I've never had an issue out of it. 
I've uh, got quite a few sight mark scopes that are cheap budget scopes, but this one I've got on my on my 308 on my Savage Model 10 FCPA uh, HS Savage Model 10 FCPHS um, is a sight mark um, maybe a step up from the Citadel. Um, I don't think they make the one I've got anymore, so I don't know if the Citadel replaced it or if it's maybe just a little bit of a step down, but either way, um, I would think it would be fine. I mean, I, you know, side, you got side focus, you've got, you know, the resettable turrets, you've just got, you've got all that stuff on there, man. Um, I think you would be fine. I've never had an issue out of, uh, any of my sight mark scopes. Uh, sight mark is one of those companies that you kind of got to be careful what models you buy and, and what you're putting them on versus what you buy, right? Yeah. And Barska is another one. Barska does some really good stuff. Um, but you've got to be careful what models you buy. It's kind of like saying, well, I've got a GM automobile. Well, that's great. But do you have a Geo or do you have a Cadillac? You know what I mean? <laughs> There's a big difference between the two. So it's just saying I've got a sight mark or I've got a Barska or heck for that matter, I've got a Nikon or a Leopold or a Vortex or whatever it might be. Um, well, specifically, what do you have? Right. Because that makes a difference too. Yeah. Um, I assume most brands are going to have their, their quality levels. Like I love my primary arms prism scope on one of my ARs, but there's not, I wouldn't just carte blanche by all any of their products without comparing them to other stuff. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think, uh, I think you'd be okay with it for what you're, uh, like I said, per, per price point versus what you're getting, uh, pretty good. I mean, because you're looking at for what you're getting out of that, you're looking probably half the price of, um, you know, something in a, in a competitor. And plus Ricardo too is, is I think he's what down in Brazil or something. So, um, Heck, who knows if, uh, I don't know, you may not even have access to down there to some of the different stuff that we have uh, here in the States. I don't know. I know I know on some things, you know, import, export restrictions and all of that come into play, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, crap, I just noticed you guys have gotten us talking here. We've got to, uh, we've got to bail. We've got to get out of here because in two minutes, less than two minutes, more like a minute now. The uh, Patreon lawn chair pop is going on, so make sure you jump over there. You may, you may have already got the notification for it. Jump over there. We'll hang out in the live chat uh, and all of that. Uh, yeah, regard. I thought he did. He said he's from Brazil. Guns will arrive. Very expensive there. Yeah, no kidding. I bet. Uh, but yeah, we're going to jump over on the uh, lawn chair pop now. Thanks for hanging out live. And uh, for everybody that was in replay, thanks for joining us. Remember, if you're in replay, as always, you can jump down in the comments below. Going to give Defense Dad just a quick minute here. Uh, any final thoughts, plugs, things you want to throw out there, Dad? Uh, uh, no, just thanks for having me. Uh, if anyone wants to check me out, Defense Dad, on, I'm, on, I'm on YouTube, I'm on, over on Odyssey, and I'm on Patreon now as well. Uh, awesome. That's about it. All right, cool. Uh, that's it. We're headed over to the Launch Air Pot. We will uh, catch you next Monday uh, on the Lounge. Peace.